Welcome everyone to another episode of The Hotline. I'm your host TJ and today we are looking at the WCW Nitro episode from October 16th, 1995 from Albany, Georgia. We have four big matches on the card for you tonight. So uh, without any further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Nitro kicked off, as always, with Bischoff and Heenan and Mongo on commentary. And Mongo brings out Pepe. And before we get into anything else, I'm going to go on again about this stupid little dog, Pepe. Now, this week, as like every week, Pepe is dressed as something random. Like, the, it's weird. But this week, Pepe is dressed up like some kind of alien-looking thing. And Mongo calls it Captain Love Dog from Planet Dogtron. And he's like all happy and proud of his little puppy, little chihuahua uh, half dog, I guess. Because that thing, it doesn't qualify as a real dog. If it's under like five pounds, it's not a dog. It's a half dog. It's, it's barely a dog. But anyway, he sits there and he introduces his stupid dog. And Heenan's like, hey, can I see the back of that thing? Like turn it around real quick. And he does. And Heenan's like, oh, that's where the batteries go. And uh, Mongo, which was funny, like, I mean, Heenan, solid joke, just kind of silly. But Mongo gives this creepy smile, looks into the camera and goes, yes, it does. And it creeped me out. It was so weird. Like, I don't know what this weird relationship Mongo has with this creepy little dog, Pepe, but it's it's got to stop, man, because it's weird. It's getting weirder by the week. But anyway, back to the actual show. Uh, they talk about how the main event, or that last week's main event, uh, that Flair kind of got screwed over by Pillman and Arn Anderson. So Ric Flair was like, I'm going to take them both on two-on-one, or I'm going to scour the earth and find myself a partner. Now, he found a partner on WCW Pro, and he asked uh, the United States champion Sting actually to be his partner. And Sting was super-duper reluctant. He was like, I don't know, man, like Flair... We haven't teamed up in like five years, and you're the dirtiest player in the game for a reason. But, I mean, uh, I'll be your partner. But if you screw me, if you swerve me, I will make sure that I pretty much I will kill you at Halloween Havoc. Like, you're done. You are dead. I will murder you if you screw me over. So, we now have a main event. Uh, it is going to be a tag team match between Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman taking on Ric Flair and his partner Sting. But more on that later. First match of the night was uh, Diamond Dallas Page defending his t uh, television title against Johnny B. Bad. Now, I guess some something happened on WCW Pro. I haven't watched it. And Johnny B. Bad, I guess, couldn't make it because he had a flat tire. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page told the Diamond Stud or whatever... Uh, Max Strong, whatever that super strong guy is that's behind him, I don't, I don't know who he is. That uh, because like something along the lines of Johnny had all four flat tires, like you were only, you weren't supposed to flatten all four of them. And Johnny's like, "Who said anything about four? I only said I had a flat tire." Ugh! And punches DDP with this ridiculous super swinging left cross or left uh, hook. And Diamond Dallas goes down and all that stuff. And they show a little clip of this. And it was just ridiculous, the uh, the overacting by Johnny B. Bad. But anyway, that's what set up this match for tonight. So Paige comes out, his music hits, and he's all doing the Diamond Dallas Page stuff, following the uh, Diamond Doll. And the WCW Nitro mascots like kind of like, yeah, all right, buddy, let's do this, doing mascot things. 
And DDP looks at him and goes, man, get out of here, and shoves him straight down to the floor. And it made me laugh so hard because no one ever even interacts or even acknowledges that mascot's existence. And here's DDP just throwing him on the ground like he's nothing. Um, why Nitro has a mascot? I no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. It made no sense. I don't know if he was there to kind of pump, like hype up the crowd during commercial breaks or what, but I, I don't get it, man. It was weird. But anyway, so Paige is down. He's in the uh, in the ring, and then Johnny B. Bad comes out and he's doing his Johnny B. Bad stuff. He's posing. He's throwing the frisbees, and uh, as he throws one to the fan, looking opposite where the hard cam was, DDP just nails him with the belt right to the back of the head. Dink, boom. Johnny B. Bad's out cold, just snoring. Page gets on top of him, counts his own one, two, three, and then sits there and shoots the uh, confetti gun right up into the air. And it's like, I'm the winner, blah, 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 doing all that kind of stuff. Taunts the um, taunts Johnny B. Bad a little bit more and then leaves the ring. The referee calls it a no contest, so obviously no winner, but if you ask Diamond Dallas Page, he is the winner of that match. Uh, after that, after a quick commercial break, they come back and they're talking about... Uh, or they're going to get into the debut of Chris Benoit, the WCW debut, taking on Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie comes out first, Benoit comes out next, and they are pumping this guy up. Like, they're talking about how Chris is this huge, just powerhouse, super technical, super rough, like, tough wrestler. He's, they call him the, obviously they bring up the nickname, the Canadian Crippler, for a reason. And Bobby Heenan is just all up on him. He loves this guy. He's talking about how great he is. He's like going to be a next world champion. He's the guy to watch out for. He's the new thing. All this kind of stuff. Well, the match goes on, and right off the bat, these two are just beating the crap out of each other. And if you've never seen a uh, Benoit Guerrero match, you need to look out. Because, again, and I said this before with uh, Guerrero and uh, Malenko, that, and it kind of applies with these guys too, where it's like no matter where they're at, they're going to give you 150%, and it's going to be a fun, just a great match to watch. Just super fun, super exciting, super entertaining. These guys love to just beat the crap out of each other. And this obviously was no exception because Eddie, when it, or Eddie and Chris both realized this is probably the biggest stage they'll fight on, at the, or definitely was at that time. So we got to... Make a we gotta like uh, make a name for ourselves and put it out there that yo we are legit don't don't think you can sleep on us type of thing. So like I said, they're going back and forth. Um, they exchange head scissors. Uh, Eddie ends up getting uh, when he hits his head scissors. Benoit kind of rolls out of the ring. Eddie runs to do like a suicide dive. Benoit gets out the way real quick, but Eddie ends up grabbing the ropes, does like a six one nine type of thing, like that Rey Mysterio move, but gets caught up in the ropes like really bad. Like, his legs uh, on either the side of the middle rope, his arms still behind the top rope. It looked ugly. Like, it looked like one of his first times trying to do that and just couldn't get the speed around or something like that. It was it was very awkward. But either way, Eddie ends up uh, getting back in the ring, goes to the top rope, hits this huge crossbody on Chris, and they're both just completely laid out on the outside. So after the crossbody, um, Eddie goes back to the ring, and Chris is kind of coming up on the uh, apron side. Facing out, or not facing out, but like on the outside, Eddie's on the inside, goes for a suplex. Eddie goes for a suplex. Chris jumps behind him, and they kind of reverse a few times where it's to the point where Chris has his back against the ropes, and he's behind Eddie, and he grabs Eddie, and he's going for like a backdrop. He's just going to backdrop him out of the ring. Well, when he does that, uh, 
the momentum ends up taking them both over the top rope and Chris almost gets decapitated right away. Like the way Eddie's on top of him, you just see his whole head disappear behind Eddie Guerrero's body and it just kind of yanks him backwards. It was super ugly. Um, both were fine, but yeah, that almost took out, that was almost the end of Chris on that one. That was really bad. But they're on the outside, they wrestle a little bit, or they get up. Eddie takes him, throws him into the ring post. And then as soon as Chris hits, uh, Eddie comes up with a forearm, like just to try to hit, immediately hit him. And he got some of it. Like he hit Chris a little bit in the back of the head, but most of his arm went right into that ring post. And it was just, Eddie just dropped holding his arm. Like it looked like he really did some damage to that, uh, I think it was his left forearm. Left forearm or shoulder, or I'm um, sorry, elbow. So it was really bad. Uh, Chris saw that, realized it, was like, okay, cool. Now here's my chance. And starts to just work on that arm, man. He's just pounding on it. A couple submission holds. A few backdrops where he has the arm kind of locked behind him. So all of, Weddy, uh, all, of Weddy, all of Eddie's weight ends up getting crushed right down on that arm. And just putting a lot of pain, a lot of pressure on that left forearm. Uh, like I said, they go back and forth quite a bit. Uh, pretty much Benoit just really working over. Um, the arm and just working on Eddie Guerrero. Eddie ends up doing like this weird uh, pop up to the top rope, spins around, grabs Chris by the by his legs, or grabs Chris's head with his legs and does a sick little uh, head scissors, and just takes out it like out of nowhere, pretty much. Uh, gets control, hits a huge brain buster on Chris Benoit, and uh, Eddie's like, "All right, cool, let's finish this." Goes up to the top rope to hit the and goes for his frog splash, but. Benoit gets the legs up, and now Eddie's all jacked up. And he was, I think it was even Ben uh, Bischoff who said that, uh, yeah, his arm is sore, but I'm pretty sure he's like his ribs are going to need attention too because it looked it looked bad. He got two knees right in the ribs as Eddie's like fully extended. But anyway, um, uh, after that, Chris Benoit gets up and he um, he grabs Eddie and he hits him. He picks him up for a powerbomb and he slams him with so much force that if you look, uh, he goes for a pin afterwards. And if you look to the right, the bottom right of the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the picture now. Um, but you could see these two girls in the front row, just their mouths wide open. Like, Oh my God, I think he's dead. Like they were, they had to have been convinced that Eddie was dead because his head bounced off that mat. So ugly. Like, Benoit beat the crap out of Eddie in this match, man. It was, Eddie had a rough Tuesday after this one. There's no doubt about it. But anyway, somehow Eddie kicks out of that, um, out of that powerbomb. Benoit picks him up, works him over a little bit, ends up getting behind him, puts him in a full Nelson, and then throws him back with a uh, dragon suplex. Gets the three count off that. Chris Benoit wins his WCW debut. By far the best match of this night. It was unbelievably hard-hitting um just great action great technical wrestling and it looked like two guys trying to win a contest and trying to beat the crap out of the other ones it was fantastic i watched it twice i'm probably gonna watch it again later today definitely 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 go back and watch this match it is just great if you want to know how good these two wrestlers were that's the match to watch it's or one of the matches should i say after that, um, they cut back to Bischoff, um, Heenan, and Mongo. And Bischoff's talking about it's guys like that that make the championship committee want to open up a cruiserweight division and a cruiserweight title. And he, they're 
going to they're talking about bringing in more guys to this cruiserweight division guys like Eddie like Malenko like Chris Benoit and a few others that they have up there uh, that are down the pipeline didn't say any names yet so we'll see who comes up we all kind of know but for spoiler effects we'll see who comes up hopefully that comes to fruition well now now they come back to uh Mean Gene Oakland in the ring and he uh He's talking about the hotline, which is great for us because it gives me a little cheap plug here at the podcast at call 1-900-909-9900, of course, on Twitter. You all know that. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. And uh, then he welcomes out his guests at this time, and it's the Taskmaster and the Giant. Now, when they get to the ring, Taskmaster starts talking about how he was born evil. And now he is the reincarnation of evil and everything that he does is evil and really point over the fact or put over the fact that he is just an evil dude. And then says that Hulk Hogan is now evil. He no longer wears the colors, even though Sullivan still or Taskmaster is still wearing the yellow and red colors. But Hulk Hogan is also evil for not wearing colors. It's very weird. But the difference between him and Hogan is that Hogan still has a little bit of good in his heart, whereas Taskmaster has no heart. And that the Taskmaster, because of that little good in Hulk Hogan, he'll never truly be able to defeat not only the Taskmaster, but also his uh, his opponent at Hollywood Havoc, the Giant. Now, the Giant starts to talk, and it is pretty obvious, at least to me, or at least I, I believe that he is just straight up doing a Hulk Hogan impersonation while he's delivering his promos. Because he's not talking normal in his own voice. He's not even talking in like the monster voice. He's straight up in the Hulk Hogan voice, brother. Like he is straight up just doing that. He even says brother in the promo. Which, why the giant is saying brother is beyond me. But... He's just pretty much talking, and it's like nothing really too um, too extreme, nothing too, no real substance, nothing like that. Though he did say that he was going to take Hulk Hogan and throw him and his monster truck off the roof of the building at Halloween Havoc. And then when they open, when they use the jaws of life to get Hogan out of the monster truck, he's going to drag his carcass to the ring and pin him and take the WCW World Heavyweight title. Um, But yeah, this promo was just kind of weird. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense. The the one cool thing about it was towards the end when the giant was talking about how he's going to like just use these monster hands and just squish Hulkamania's neck like a grape or whatever. And he put his hand on Mean Gene's head and pretty much engulfed it. And to me, I think they're trying to prove that, like, look, he's just as big as Andre was because Andre did that to Okerlund back in the 80s. So I think it was something like that. That was kind of cool, like a throwback to Andre. But we'll see what happens with that. After a quick commercial break, we come back, and it's the Disco Inferno dancing. It's, we're scheduled for another match, and instead you get that disco music pin, and he comes out, and he starts dancing for like a good 30 seconds, 30, 45 seconds. Bobby Heaton's loving it. He's actually singing along to the song. Everybody's having a good time. More, nobody's having a good time except for Disco and Bobby Heaton. 
and then the uh, first competitor for the next match comes out, and Disco hears music, is like, oh, what, what the heck, who is that? Looks around and sees that it's Ming and says, nope, and hightails it out of there, just walks away, no big deal. Ming doesn't even get close to Disco, he just kind of goes on about his day. The next match we have is Ming taking on Jim Duggan. Now, what's there to say about Jim Duggan other than just screaming ho? Just ho! That's it. That's all you need to do. Like, Jim Duggan is the man. Is he the best wrestler? No. Is he the most articulate wrestler on the mic? God, no. Is he the, like, is he anybody's, like, top, in anybody's top five? No. Is he charismatic as hell? Oh, yeah. Is he just fun to watch and bring back that nostalgia from when I was a child? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So I I love Jim Duggan. I think he's great. But, yeah, you he is what he is. And you know what you're going to get in a Jim Duggan match, which is exactly what you got in this match. A bunch of punches, a bunch of slaps, some uh, throat thrusts from both guys. Um, again, nothing really happened. Ming kind of went on the attack early, attacked him during the entrance. Duggan was up on the rope, waving the flag, and Ming attacked him. Chop, chop, punch, punch. Just typical big man match. Uh, Duggan ended up getting the upper hand for a minute there. Hit a hit the, I think, one and only slams in the entire match, which is like a two-minute match. Slams Ming down with like a power slam. Ming pops up, hits a Duggan with a super kick, and then does like the spike move where he's jamming the spike into the throat. Duggan passes out. Ming's your winner. Like I said, about two-minute match. Nothing really to write on about. If you've seen one Duggan match, you've seen them all. Uh, especially around this time where he was already in the later stages of his career. It was just a nostalgia act and just, hey, we need somebody that's that's good. That's a good worker that can go out there, have a match, get the crowd excited, and move on. Duggan was that guy. Duggan was always that guy. So after the Duggan and Ming match, which Ming won, even though I talked about Duggan the whole time, uh, they go to a, they start talking about Halloween Havoc and they're pumping it up and then they go to a pre-taped, uh, promo with Hulk Hogan, like, like a backstage type of thing. And it's just him, Jimmy Hart and the green screen. And he's talking and everything's in black and white. Like Hogan's wearing all black, Hart's in all black. The background's in black and white and this is Hulk Hogan on there. And Hogan starts off with like, let me tell you something. What was it? Hulkamanioids? Yeah, not Hulkamaniac. I know what it is. But he called us Hulkamanioids. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. But then he did it again. He called it Hulkamanioids twice, at least twice. I don't know what was going on with Hogan, but it seemed this promo was so bizarre. Because he's talking about, like, I'm evil now, brother, and you can't do anything, and I'm going to take this evil, and I'm going to destroy that big, stinky giant, and... All that kind of stuff. And it was very, very weird. Very odd. And uh, it got to a point where Jimmy Hart was like, I don't know, baby. I don't know. It's, I'm worried. I'm worried about this. I don't think you can beat him. And Hogan pretty much was like, I don't care what you think. Shut up. And like, I'm going to stop any, like, don't you get in my way or you're next type of thing. Like Hogan, he was trying to be more aggressive, but it didn't really come off as that. It just came off as like really bad acting. Like, uh, what is it, Mr. Nanny? Was that his movie? Either way, it came off like that level of just like really bad. Um, it was, like I said, it was fine. It got the point across that he's he's going to beat the crap out of the giant. He's going to 
bury him in Detroit just like he buried his father and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was it was weird, man. Like they're trying to make this such an aggressive match and both guys are kind of I don't know, they don't really know how to do it right. And that's weird for me to say that Hogan doesn't know how to promote a match right. Obviously he does. He's done it for years and been very, very successful at it. But this one just kind of, it's fallen short. It just seems weird to me. I don't know why. Like, it's just, uh, eh. Like, yeah, cool. I'm kind of excited to watch the uh, Monster Truck versus Monster Truck and see how that goes. I'm excited for the match. Yeah, but just the, I'm evil now, so now you can't stop me. Like, you've never looked in my, I think you even said, you've never looked in my eyes. You've always attacked me from behind. But once you look in my eyes, you'll realize that I can stop an elephant, brother. It's like, what? No, you can't. <laughs> no, you, you can't. A charging elephant would just walk over you like you're nothing. Like you're a twig on the ground. Like, it's so weird to me. It's, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. These promos are super weird. Usually they're pretty good. The ones leading up to this week were, were good. It was like, okay, I see what you're going with. You're, you're making Hulk Hogan channel that inner demon of him and try to ruin, kill Hulkamania. I get it. But this one is like, oh, we're evil, we're evil. And they're trying to do that. Like, I guess they're trying to pump that up, the evil stuff, because it's Halloween. But even then, it's it's weird, man. It's been a very weird uh, buildup. So we got one more week of those, and then the pay-per-view. So we'll see what happens next week with this uh, drama between Hogan and the Giant and all their evilness. But now, it is time for our main event. It is time for the big tag team match between Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman taking on Ric Flair and the United States champion Sting. Now, Anderson and Pittman, they come out, they're doing their thing, they're in the ring, they're getting booed on, whatever. The music hits, and out comes Ric Flair. And Ric Flair's looking Ric Flair. Got the purple robe on, he's looking good. Styling and profiling, only the way, the only way the Nature Boy knows how to do anything. Just styling and profiling. But there's no Sting. And they're like, where's Sting? It's supposed to be two-on-two. Two. It's only two-on-one right now. Where's Sting? Where is he? And they keep asking this and asking this and asking this. And sure enough, there's no Sting. So they're like, all right, ring the bell. And Ric Flair just like, all right, I guess I'm doing this alone. And starts chopping the crap out of Pillman. Starts chopping, punching, kicking, all that stuff. Beats the crap out of him. Uh, like I said, they just, just chops all around, man. It was just Chop City. It was insane. Uh... Flair ends up running over, hits um, Arn Anderson, and they're both on the outside. They're both like, all right, let's re-strategize. And Ric Flair's just doing his thing. He starts strutting. He's having fun. Still no sting. Arn Anderson gets in the ring now. So it's Arn and Flair. They start going at it. Flair's still kicking butt. Uh, and Flair ends up getting him down, puts Arn Anderson in the middle of the ring, right in the figure four. And Brian's like, nah. uh Jumps up on the top rope and does like a body splash onto Flair. But Flair knows, because he's done this before to him. Ric Flair moves. Gets out the way. Boom. Pillman just belly flops. Just belly flops in the middle of the ring. He's out. Ric Flair gets, lets go of Arn Anderson. Turns his attention to Pillman. Puts Pillman in the uh, figure four. Arn breaks it up. Now, Arn sits there and he's trying to get some of the momentum going. But Ric Flair turns it around and he starts, he starts going at it. Uh, Arn reverses a Irish whip and then just ends up kicking Ric Flair, kind of takes him like down, like, oh, he's a little bit hurt, 
picks him up and hits a huge the, the the huge spine buster the the Arn Anderson spine buster. It we all know it's huge. It's freaking ridiculous. It's the best spine buster in the business, bar none. And as soon as he hits it, you hear the crowd erupt. And it's like, what's going on? And here comes Sting. Sting's a running, high talented, full speed. Runs out there, and he's on the now he's on the apron. He's like, come on, Flair, tag me. Now he wants in the match, but it's too little, too late. Arn and Pillman start double teaming on Flair, and they're just punching him, beating, just beating the crap out of him. Sting's like trying to get in, trying to get in, reaching for that tag. Flair ends up hitting like a shoulder tackle or a clothesline. I can't remember which one, but uh, they both go down and. Flair starts crawling towards him, crawling towards him. And Pillman reaches out, and he tags Arn Anderson. Arn's coming in. And right as he does, Ric Flair reaches up. Boom, tags in Sting, and here comes the champ. Here comes Stinger. And he starts just laying in chops and laying in closed lines, beating the crap out of both Arn and Pillman. Throws him to opposite corners. Big Stinger splash to Arn, and one to Pillman, and another Arn, and another to Pillman. And just going at it, just taking these two guys out. And eventually, Sting ends up throwing both of them out of the ring. And him and Flair are in the ring. Arn and Pillman are out of the ring. And they're talking to like, all right, cool, yeah, we're, you're here. You're helping me. Good job. Meanwhile, the referee's just counting. One, two, nine, ten. Ding, ding, ding. No one knows what's going on. The ending was so weird. But Arn and Pillman lose by countout to Sting and Ric Flair. And when the referee's like, hey, you guys won, he's putting his arms up and Flair and Stinger are like, what? what are you talking about? Like, we didn't even do anything. We, Ric Flair beat him up for a little bit, got beat up a little bit. Sting came in and threw him out of the ring pretty much. Like, nothing happened. But referee said the match is over. Those two are counted out. You guys win. Crowd erupts. Everybody's excited. Mean Gene goes out there and starts talking to Sting. It's like, Sting, what's going on? And Sting's like, you know what? I was back there. I was watching, and I needed to make sure you were legit. I needed to make sure this you weren't going to try to screw me over that everything was going to be fine. And then I saw you just, you're not a coward. You didn't back down. You just beat the crap out of these guys. I can respect that. I came out to help you. So now, if you need a partner, you got one in me. I say at Halloween Havoc, we finish off the job. We take these two guys out for good. Ric Flair's like, oh yeah, let's do it, brother. And they give like this weird high five. Because things like, come on, high five me. And Ric Flair's like, high five? Like all excited and stuff. And then they hit it and whatever. And yeah, that's uh, that's how Nitro ended with Sting, Ric Flair, talking about how they're going to team up to take on Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman at Halloween Havoc. So we have another big match uh, added to the card. The tag team match was good. It was a lot of fun. It was just I would have liked to see Pillman and Arn Anderson get uh, get more offense in because it seems like they were just punching bags to Ric Flair the entire match, and then when Sting came in, just punching bags again. The ending was weird. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Arn and Pillman were like, you know what, I'm done with this crap. We're done. Just stay outside. And the referee was like, um, all right, I guess I'll count you out. Because nobody knew. Nobody really like looked like they knew what was going on at the end of that match. Sting and Flair looked super confused. So, I mean, I don't know what the mis- – maybe there's some miscommunication. Maybe something happened. I don't know. But just a very weird uh, – very weird ending but yeah that is it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening as always you can reach us over at uh on twitter the twitter handle is at call 1-900-909-9900 once again that's call 1-900-909-9900 i promise you that's the real twitter handle 
I'm not just giving you something. But yeah, feel free to follow us there. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I will talk to you all next week right here on the hotline.